Uh, hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Matt Giglio. I'm in Dong. 16 days until the 2020 season begins. Yeah, time's ticking and uh, not many more conference previews to go, but uh, still uh, t- about two more weeks left uh, before the college basketball season begins. And uh, man, oh man, am I excited. And yeah, I mean, we're just almost there. Uh, a lot of light at the end of that dark tunnel. So uh, yeah, I'm just really excited to finally get things uh, kicked off. Yeah, like you said, uh, three more conference previews after today's Big East preview. And, yeah, we have a lot of stuff planned also before the season starts. Yeah, definitely. And uh, almost at 70 episodes. Obviously, this is episode 69. So uh, about 30, 31 more episodes till that big – well, following this one's 30. uh, More episodes until that big number 100. And – yeah, hopefully we, we probably will get this uh, the 100th episode out by the end of the 2020 year, which is pretty cool to think about, but uh, we're not going to think about the future plans right now. we got we got some breaking news to cover, so without further ado, let's just kick things off with our breaking news. Uh, we only have two pieces. Uh, one is a very big piece, and the other is a big surprise as well. So uh, the first one, 2021 five-star recruit Musa Diabite, or Diabati, uh, has committed to Michigan, 6'10 power forward from Florida. Chooses Michigan over Alabama, Kentucky, Arizona, Memphis, and others. Uh, Ranked just inside the top 20 for the class of 2021. Top six for power forwards. Uh, He will join five-star Caleb Houston, four-stars Frankie Collins, Kobe Bufkin, and Isaiah Barnes. And Michigan, they will remain the number one uh, ranked class for 2021. And man, oh, man, I did not expect this one coming here for Michigan. So uh, what are your thoughts on this very big recruit here for DBT in Michigan? Yeah, um, we talked about last episode how how ruthless Michigan fans are. Uh, you guys, you guys should be very, very ecstatic for this. Um, Jordan Howard, clear, uh, Jawan Howard, he's clearly done a terrific job in the recruiting ranks for next season, and I'm pretty excited to watch this Michigan team play next year. Yeah, I mean, I had to, I had to rip this one out today. Unfortunately, I do not have any Big East conference preview. Uh, Big East conference gear so uh, I did not have anything there so uh, I had to rock Michigan obviously this is a very big get for them and uh, that race between Michigan and Michigan State for 2021 uh, I think it should be a very good one for the next couple of years and uh, all depends obviously if uh, Imani Bates does get his uh, reclassification but uh, regardless that battle for the next couple of years for Michigan versus Michigan State it should be a very good one now because Michigan is a very loaded class for 2021 Michigan State was that front runner a long time ago. Oh, it feels like a long time ago, but it wasn't that long ago. But now Michigan has definitely overtook that lead. And who knows who will finish out on top. I think it will probably be Michigan, but we still have a lot of other guys to commit. So we'll definitely see what happens with all those commitments as well. Yeah, and the second piece of breaking news, 16 days before the 2020 season begins, the AP preseason poll is here. And, you know, that's the AP Top 25. That's the one everyone knows about. And I'm going to give you the rundown of that, that top 25 that these these colonists, these analysts, and these these experts have. So let's get started. Number one, Gonzaga. Number two, Baylor. Number three, Villanova. Four, Virginia. Five, Iowa. Six, Kansas. Seven, Wisconsin. Eight, Illinois. Nine, Duke. Ten, Kentucky. Eleven, Creighton. Twelve, Tennessee. Thirteen, Michigan State. Fourteen, Texas Tech. Fifteen, West Virginia. 16, North Carolina, 17, Houston, 18, Arizona State, 19, Texas, 20, Oregon, 21, Florida State, 22, UCLA, 23, 
Ohio State, 24, Rutgers, and 25, Michigan. So, yeah, that's, a, that's the AP Top 25. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, this is uh, very interesting. I mean, obviously, every, when the college basketball season actually happens, the AP poll does come out at Monday, every Monday. I think it's usually around 12 o'clock, maybe 1230. So uh, we didn't expect this one to come out. But honestly, I think it is the right time because the AP poll always comes out on Monday, like I said. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just looking at this uh, as it from a whole, we have a lot of similarities uh, in comparison to the, the preseason poll, which is pretty cool. I mean, we have a lot of these similar teams in here. Uh, a couple teams are a little bit of an outlier for me. I don't think Michigan deserves to be in this top 25. Uh, same with Ohio State and Houston is still in here as well. Uh, I'm not sure about those three teams, but uh, other than that, I think all in all, it's a pretty good list. I mean, uh, I mean, a couple of teams are a little bit too high for me, I think. Obviously, I think West Virginia is a little too high in my opinion. But uh, all in all, we do have some pretty similar rankings. And uh, how could I forget Gonzaga being at number one? That is atrocious. Uh, we always say, we always say, I think it's atrocious. I do not, I don't get me wrong. I think they're a top six team. I don't think they're the number one team right now, but uh, that's, that will definitely change as the season goes on. Hopefully, I'm not going to get too ahead of myself there. But uh, yeah, I'm just really excited for this poll to finally be out. And I think we have a lot of similarities in comparison to both of our rankings and obviously this AP preseason poll. Yeah, um, like you said, Gonzaga won. Uh, we voiced our displeasure for how good Gonzaga is and their competition many, many times. And, yeah, I'm not surprised Gonzaga's number one, but they're just not going to win a national championship. Uh, everyone might might have them as number one, but that I could just see the numbers two to, I don't even know, 14. They, they probably have a better chance of winning a national championship than Gonzaga, would you say? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. And, uh, yeah, all those teams are very good. So uh, I can definitely make a case for all those teams there. And that just shows how competitive this year is going to be because usually you don't, you, you probably wouldn't really say that two through 14 would have a chance at it. But uh, that's just the beauty of college basketball. And uh, a ton of teams definitely have a chance to win it. But, uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that statement that you just said. Yeah, no, obviously Houston at 17. We've obviously dropped Houston a lot in our in our American pre, our conference previews, we had them around our top around number five, and I, I'm pretty surprised they're they're at 17. They're, I'm pretty I'm pretty shocked that they're that high. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement. And uh, a couple other teams that got votes who obviously are not in this. Memphis was in there, and uh, a couple other teams were in there that we did have in our um, actual rankings. Uh, St. Louis got a couple votes in there. Uh, Richmond got a couple votes in there, and then Providence got some votes too. I was pretty surprised about that. Obviously, Providence will be talked about in our Big East Conference preview, but uh, I was pretty surprised that they got some votes, and uh, a couple other teams in there got some pretty surprising votes as well. But uh, all in all, I'm just excited for this preseason poll to finally be out, and uh, we'll see if teams can live up to their rank because that's definitely the big question going into the season, if these teams can maintain being in that top 25 because it's a pretty hard thing to do considering how many very good teams there are from 25 all the way down to probably number 40. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, like you said, also Ohio State at number 23. Uh, we both knew it was coming. We Last episode when we covered the Big Ten, we like, yeah, the consensus, consensus will have Ohio State around that area. And we Ooh. clearly don't don't believe in that team much. And so that I'm pretty surprised they are in the top 25. They're definitely probably a top 40 team in my eyes, but they're just – Definitely not a top 25 team. 
Yeah, I mean, you can make a case, like, like I just said, for 26 all the way to 40. Any of those teams could probably be in here at some point. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we see it. LSU, they could be in here. I didn't even talk about them. They got the most votes um, outside of this top 25, I think. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just really excited, like I said, for this to be out. And, uh, yeah, I don't. I see some of these teams dropping, definitely. But uh, who knows? Who knows who will fill into these shoes? But I'm just really excited for this to finally be out. Because looking at the polls and just seeing who moves up and who moves down, it's one of the best things about college basketball besides, obviously, the actual term and the games. But uh, the poll is a pretty underrated thing to watch out for. So I'm definitely excited to see how that will fluctuate depending on how the season goes. Yeah, yeah. no mid-major love either. I, you know I love my mid-majors. And I wouldn't count Gonzaga as a mid-major. There's no mid-major love here. Yeah, I definitely agree. I was pretty surprised. I thought there would be at least one mid-major team in here. Uh, probably either being Richmond or St. Louis, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I was pretty surprised. But um, it is what it is. I bet you they are – obviously they got votes, so they're definitely in that uh, 20, 26 to 40 range. So uh, we'll definitely see what happens when the season actually begins. I definitely think they, some, one team will sneak in there uh, one, two weeks into the season, I bet, or I, I hope. I hope for your sake. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what, that, what happens and who, who that first mid-major team to move into the top 25 will be. Yeah. Uh, without further ado, our biggest preview, our Big East preview, sorry. Uh, pretty pretty similar rankings, I would say, we, we have of, of the programs. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement as well. And uh, obviously last year, the Big East was a very, very competitive conference. Uh, the actual conference uh, schedule, very close. Uh, I believe it was a three-way tie for first. Is that right? Yeah. And uh, Providence, finished, yeah, Providence finished one game behind them, and then a couple other teams rounded out that top six and uh, bottom three. A little bit iffy, but uh, it is what it is. You're gonna have a couple bottom feeder teams every year for the Big East, and uh, it's gonna be a similar situation this year, unfortunately. But uh, we'll get into that in a couple minutes. So uh, without further ado, Player of the Year, Dark Horse, and we're going from number eleven now all the way up to number one. So uh, without further ado, who is your Big East Player of the Year? Yeah, um, this is already voted by, by the media as well. It's Marcus Zigorowski. Uh, two weeks ago, he was actually named preseason Big East Player of the Year, and he's been the favorite for a long, long time. Uh, he was very, very good last year at the second option. Uh, with Tyshawn Alexander, the top option gone, uh, he is now their top option. And that last year, he averaged 16 points, four rebounds, and five assists. That would definitely inflate a lot and watch out. Yeah, I would definitely watch out for Zagorowski as well. He's going to be one of the most explosive players in this Big East this year with so many guys departuring this conference. So I'm definitely excited to see what he can do. And he's kind of the one man on that team. Not one man on the team, but he's that top guy. He's the star on that team. So I'll definitely see what he can do and how, how far he can bring Creighton in this year. Um, I run up. Uh, I got Colin Jalipsy here. Uh, I don't really know. I mean, obviously, Villanova brings back so many guys, but I think Jalipsy is that top option on that Villanova team. Average 15 points a game, four rebounds, and four and a half assists this past season. I don't expect him to make his uh, jump up his numbers that much. Uh, there's honestly a couple of guys you could have here for the runner-up, but uh, I'm going to go with Jalipsy here. And uh, obviously, like I said, four returns for this uh, Villanova starting lineup. So I don't think the numbers will inflate that much for Jalipsy, but uh, he's the starting point guard on that team. So he's going to do some very good things, and Villanova will as well. And it's going to be all due to Jalipsy. Yeah, and uh, the Big East, they're kind of lacking in, in big names 
uh, this year. Last year it was all Miles Powell, it was all Marcus Howard, all those guys, and they're all gone. So definitely new guys I expect to step up. Yeah, and I don't know who that will be yet. I mean, there's plenty of guys you could say. Obviously, Zagorowski is going to be one of those guys, and maybe Galipsy will be as well. But uh, besides those two, I don't know who else is going to step up and be one of the stars of the Big East. And uh, it could be from the newcomer team in UConn. It could not be. It could be plenty of guys. So I'm excited to see who actually uh, rises up to the challenge and becomes one of the stars of the Big East Conference. Because this year, it's kind of a question mark who that guy might be. Yeah, uh, dark horse. Let's get started. Uh, my dark horse, St. John's. Uh, year one of Coach Mike Anderson's uh, tenure went exceptional. Uh, although that record didn't show, he was competitive in nearly every game, and he implemented his infamous full-court press. And they honestly had a legit shot of winning that Big East tournament until uh, all of a sudden they went to the locker room at halftime and they got canceled because they were, they were blowing out Creighton in that, that quarterfinal game. And, yeah, after that it just went downhill and tournament got canceled. Everything got canceled, sadly. But, yeah, nonetheless, they returned – a core and Champini and Dunn and just a lot more. And with that, that press, they clearly have the most upside of any of the bottom half team. Yeah, I definitely agree with that last statement there. And uh, they're a little bit low on my rankings, but uh, they definitely have the most upside in looking at those bottom five or so teams in the Big East. So I definitely like St. John's next year. Hopefully they can do some very good things despite losing out on a couple of very key pieces from last year's rotation. And uh, my dark horse is actually Xavier. Uh, sure, Xavier loses their top guy in Marshall and Jones, uh, the top two scorers on last year's team. And uh, I am still pretty high on the Xavier team for next year. Obviously, last year was not the way they wanted to finish, losing in the first round to DePaul. And if you, for those of you that don't know, DePaul is kind of the joke of the Big East as of right now. Uh, in a couple of years, I expect them to be a very good team. But as of right now, they are probably one of the worst teams in the Big East for the past decade or so. But, uh, yeah, they, they beat them. Uh, they beat Xavier in the first round of that conference tournament. But uh, unfortunately, uh, Xavier does that on, like I said, Marshall and Jones. But they do bring back a top option to Scruggs now. He'll definitely be that top guy for Xavier now. And they bring in guys like Ben Stanley from Hampton and Adam Cooknell from Belmont. Unfortunately, Cooknell is sitting out the season, so he'll not be able to play this year. But Stanley is good to go. And that, that dynamic duo is going to be Scruggs and Stanley now. I'm excited to see what he can do. Stanley. He's, he's looking to have a very good year. Obviously, he did some very good things at Hampton. And he's looking to take that to the high major level. And I think he will be able to do it. I'm really excited to see what he can do. So that's why I got Xavier as my dark horse for this year. Yeah. Um, number 11, it is not DePaul. It is Georgetown. Uh, yeah. Patrick Ewing's squad, they've gotten progressively worse and worse as the season went on uh, due, to, due to all the transfers. Uh, they're now at a rock bottom. and they got to stay at least competitive to keep him around another year. Yeah, I have Georgetown here at number 11 as well. The hot seat is brewing. It's brewing a lot now for Patrick Ewing and his time at Georgetown. How long it might be, I don't know. But uh, 2021, they did get a couple of very good guys led by Ryan Matumbo. But uh, this year, I think it should be a very disappointing year regardless for Georgetown. Uh, we'll see who steps up to be one of the top scorers, obviously. Their top three options all, are all gone. Uh, they all transferred out. And a lot of guys did transfer out, obviously, because this Georgetown team just kind of went downhill from last year to now. So uh, we'll definitely see what happens here. Who knows if they'll finish last or not. I definitely think they will right now. But 
who knows if they can get a spark and keep it going. Maybe they'll finish 10th, but I don't see them getting outside of the bottom three this year in the Big East. Yeah, um, number 10, I have DePaul here. Um, DePaul, they had a very good non-conference uh, record and schedule. Uh, very good wins over Minnesota and Texas Tech, which is unbelievable. So they definitely under respect in the first half of the season. And then conference really came around, and they look like typical DePaul, like you said, the joke of the Big East because that's what they were last year during conference play. But at least they don't look like the worst team this year. And they still have Charlie Moore, who, who is a, definitely a star. Yeah, uh, another similarity here. I do have DePaul here at number 10 as well. Uh, I've said this prior episodes. Uh, the light at the end of that dark tunnel for DePaul, it's almost there, man. I mean, 2021, that class is looking very, very nice for DePaul. So uh, 2021, I think it's definitely going to be their year in 2021. Obviously, like I just said, stunned Xavier in the first round of the tournament, led by Paul Reed, uh, who has departed. Good, uh, best of luck to him. Uh, hopefully he gets drafted. I'm not sure if he will first or second round, but he definitely will get drafted in this year's draft. And uh, they lose out on a couple of guys. Uh, one guy in particular that's been there for a very long time in Coleman Lance. And uh, they did bring in some pretty good guys, the transfers. They bring in Freeman Liberty, and they also bring in Ray Soundnave from Monmouth. Uh, so, however, I think 21 is their year. Uh, this year could also be a pretty good one as well for DePaul. However, I think they will be in the bottom five regardless. But they could move up definitely a couple spots. I definitely think they have the potential, obviously, with Moore as their star. So, yeah, I mean, the light at the end of the dark tunnel, it's almost there for DePaul. And we'll see what they can do this year because I think they can do some pretty good things uh, with the guys coming back from last year's squad. Yeah, um, number nine, I have Butler here. Butler, they had a very, very big season last year. Uh, I did not expect them to be that good last year. But this year, they lose their top two guys. Kamar Baldwin was their top guy. He was he was their heart and soul last year. And they lose half, maybe more than half of their rotation. I definitely think they, they could be rebuilding, but I don't know yet. But they're definitely going to be at the top soon again. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement as well. And uh, number nine, I do have St. John's here, your dark horse. Uh, this team, like I said, loses their top two guys in LJ Figueroa and Heron right now. But uh, they do bring back, like you said, a pretty solid core led by Dunn. Uh, I'm very optimistic about the St. John's team. Uh, there's a team in the bottom five I move up and say they have the best chance at uh, being outside of the bottom five. It would definitely be the St. John's team. A very high ceiling, but the floor is just kind of unknown right now. So that's why I have them here, number nine. But don't get me wrong, that ceiling is very high. And if things start to roll for the St. John's team, who knows how, how good they can be. So I'm definitely excited to see what they can do and if they can actually do it for this year. Yeah. Um, number eight, I have Marquette here. Uh, very interesting team with, with Marcus Howard gone. Um, clearly, Marcus Howard, he was the one. He was the star last year of this team. He was at best score in all of college basketball, led all of college basketball in points per game. And now the offense, I feel like it will be a more team-oriented style of basketball uh, with Howard not taking all the shots anymore. And their backcourt, that, that's still an elite backcourt with, with DJ Carter from Ohio State eligible, Perez from Gardner-Webb eligible, and uh, McEwen as well. Yeah, I'm excited to see this Marquette team, obviously, with post-Marcus Howard years. So I'm definitely excited to see what they can do for this year. Uh, I do have Butler here at number eight. Obviously, Butler is out in their top two guys, and Kamar Baldwin and McDermott. And Butler, they had a very, very successful season last year. 
I remember one game in particular, they were playing Baylor. I think Butler was the 12th seed or something like that. They were 12th ranked in the nation. Baylor was obviously top five. And uh, that game came down to the wire. And unfortunately, they lost it. But that is one of the best games I saw from last season. And Butler, I was very high on them for the Big East. And they did some pretty solid things. Unfortunately, the run was cut short, obviously. But who knows what they could have did when tournament play actually came. Uh, they did return some pretty good guys and Nez and Golden. Uh, those two stars from last year looking to be the new top two options. And most of the transfers that they got, very good. But they are going to be sitting out. And that's going to be led by Bo Hodges, obviously coming from East Tennessee State. So uh, this year, could Butler sneak into the bubble? I think it is very unlikely. But uh, 2021 definitely could be the year with Bo Hodges coming onto the scene. So I'm very optimistic. But I think Butler will just miss it uh, a couple a couple games for this year. But 2021, I think it's going to be a very good year for this Butler team. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven, uh, my dark horse, St. John's here. Obviously, I've talked about them a lot. Uh, I just love that they full court press and all that, take risks. And so I, I definitely think I could get them in the games. And that full court press will, will definitely be a boomer bust this season. Yeah, I expect it to be a very good press. So uh, I, I definitely think they will move up a couple spots for me at least. But uh, as of right now, I got to keep them where I had them. So uh, number seven, I do have Marquette. Obviously losing an all-time great in Marcus Howard. Yes, he is an all-time great at Marquette. Uh, they also lose another double-digit score in Amin. And obviously you don't really know much about him because it was the Marcus Howard show. But he averaged 13 points a game in the season. And he was a very underrated player in all Big East last year. But he's also gone too. But like you said earlier, they're bringing in some very good transfers led by Jose Perez from Gardner-Webb and DJ Carter from Ohio State. That backcourt's looking pretty good for Marquette next year. And they also bring in a pretty underrated recruiting class uh, led by four-slash-five-star Dawson Garcia. He's a big man on that team. So uh, I'm excited to see what he can do in his first year at Marquette. So I'm very optimistic about Marquette. Uh, obviously, I don't think it will be as good of a season without, with, without Marcus Howard. But you never know. I think they still have a pretty good squad coming this year. So that's why I have them here at number seven. Yeah. Um, number six, I have Xavier here, your dark horse, obviously. Um, another weird team, Najee Marshall, he's gone. But they have a very, very solid transfer class uh, with Ben Stanley leading the way. Uh, Adam Coco, like you said, he's sitting out. But last year, what, what really struggled for them was their three-pointer. Um, if they can make it out of a respectable clip this year, they will be a very respectable team. Yeah, I have a similarity here as well. And unfortunately, there's going to be similarities for the rest of this episode. That is very unfortunate, but that's just how it is. So, uh, yeah, Xavier here, number six, is my dark horse. And uh, obviously, I think this team's going to be very good despite what happened last year. And uh, they got, they're got going to need some new guys to step up. They definitely have the pieces to do so. So I'm excited to see what they can do and if they can actually pull it off. And uh, I remember we talked about this. I don't remember what episode it was, but we remember talking about Xavier as that one seed a couple of years ago. And it's just – still, I'm still thinking about it because it's just pretty cool to think about. But uh, it feels like so long ago – they were that one seed in the tournament, and I don't remember what, how many years ago we said that was, but uh, who knows when they'll be that one seed again and if they ever will. Uh, that was just a very historic year, and this year should be a pretty special one as well, but we'll see what happens with Xavier at our sixth seed. Yeah, approaching our top five. At number five, I have Seated Hall here. I'm Seated Hall. They lose their heart and soul in Miles Powell. Uh, I'm very, very saddened that he did – we did get to see him one last time in the tournament. Uh, just an electric character and player. Uh, so yeah, and his backcourt partner, Quincy McKnight, he's gone. Uh, 
the Big East player, uh, defensive player of the year last year as well, Romero Gill. He's gone as well. But, you know, they still have a very good core. They have Rodin. They have Mamu, who's our, who's our favorite. He's our fan favorite. He's there. He should be everyone's fan favorite. And they have Bryce Aikens, the transfer from Harvard. He's eligible and he's back. They should be able to compete for a tournament spot, no doubt. Yeah, I definitely agree with that as well. Seton Hall at number five, obviously a very different team, losing an all-time great in Miles Powell and obviously guys like Romello Gill and Quincy McKnight as well. Uh, Mamu, uh, I was very hyped about him last year. He did get injured midway through the season, so it was pretty unfortunate to see. But he's coming back. He's going to be one of the best guys on Seton Hall's rotation next year. And like you said, bringing in guys like Bryce Aiken from Harvard. Uh, I've, I've got to watch him play in person a couple of times. Very good player, very underrated player. So I expect him to do a lot of very good things in his first year at Seton Hall, his first and final year at Seton Hall. So uh, this team will have a very tough edge this year. Uh, it's going to be a very different team, like I said, but they'll definitely be a competing team, and we'll definitely see how far they can go uh, in that tournament. Yeah. Uh, number four, I have Providence here. We both do. Um, they return a very good nucleus of guards with David Duke and A.J. Reeves leading the way. And Ed Cooley, if you didn't know, they suffered horrendous losses in their non-conference play. I think they had three quad four losses, which is terrible for any team uh, of, of this caliber. And he led the tournament of his life. Like you said, they finished second in, in the Big East. And they have all the momentum right now. They were going to make the tournament despite – having one of the worst, what, first 10 games ever. Yeah, and, yeah, that was a very, very crazy turnaround for Providence last year. I do have them on my number four as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they had a very good end of that season, obviously defeating some very quality teams, Villanova. I think they beat Seton Hall once, I think, as well. And, uh, yeah, it was just a very up-and-down season for Providence. And they probably would have squeaked into the tournament, believe it or not, but, uh, yeah, they do lose out on some of those guys like Pipkins and a couple other guys that led that squad last year. One guy that do bring back, like you said, David Duke. Uh, he's going to be a very good player, hopefully going to be an all-commerce player uh, this year for the Big East. Uh, and then they got guys like A.J. Reeves coming back. He was injured a little bit for the season, but he's going to be probably healthy and going to be one of the best players on that team next year. And then you can't forget about the transfers coming in, one of them led by Bryce Goodine from Syracuse. He is eligible to play this season. He's going to be a very big impact for Providence. So definitely watch out for Ed Cooley's squad. And if they can get their non-conference schedule set and figured out, this thing could be a very good one uh, when it comes to that conference play for the Big East. Mm-hmm. Uh, top three now. Number three, we have UConn here. First year back in the Big East, I think is going to be a huge success for them. Uh, nearly everyone's returned. They have a star Bo Knight. And this is the clear number three team in the conference. They will make some noise. Trust me. Yeah, I do got UConn here at number three as well. I think it's all because of the Hurley effect. doesn't matter which Hurley it is. The Hurley effect is definitely present in all of college basketball. So definitely watch out. UConn's obviously first year in the Big East coming from the American Conference. They should be a new lethal team for this conference for the next couple of years. And like you said, you return a star on Bune Night and a very good solid squad coming back. Uh, recruiting classes is pretty good, led by four-star Andre Jackson, a couple other guys coming in that squad. So definitely watch out for Dan Hurley and this UConn squad. Uh, Hurley effect is definitely real. Watch out because this UConn team can be very scary in the Big East this year. Mm-hmm. Number two, my runner-up for the Big East is obviously Creighton. 
They might be the runner-up for my biggies, but they are my pick for the national championship this year. Still, uh, I still have faith in them, obviously, although they lose Tyshawn Alexander. Um, and uh, two freshmen who are supposedly supposed to be in the rotation this year, they, were, they have just been ruled out for the season. They have both torn, they have both torn their ACLs. So hopefully, uh, I wish them a good, healthy, full recovery. But they still have a dangerous five nonetheless. And the preseason play of the year, Marcus Zigarowski. Yeah, I'm very optimistic now about this Creighton team, despite losing two rotation pieces. Uh, this team could have had it all this year, and unfortunately things did not go their way. Obviously with Tyshawn Alexander leaving, it kind of just – that's kind of the big piece that they are looking for, and it just kind of didn't work out for them. But don't get me wrong, Zigarowski going back. Uh, obviously he's the player, preseason player of the year for a reason. He's going to have a very explosive season this year for Creighton. And uh, losing two guys for into injury, it definitely hurts this team a lot, I think. But uh, having a big man present this year for Creighton, I think it's definitely a huge step in the right direction. So uh, we'll, we'll definitely see what they can do now with two big men now being able to play for this Creighton team. And I'm very excited to see what they can do. I mean, they got all the pieces to be a very good team. Obviously, they're ranked in the preseason poll for a reason. So I'm excited to see if they can pull everything together. And who knows, maybe they can defeat this number one team. But that is a very big challenge, if you ask me. Yes, and the number one team is Villanova. Uh, we've talked about Villanova a lot. Uh, they're my number one team overall in the country for me, number two team overall for you, and number three team in the AP poll should be number two, but we're not, we're not going to get that deep into it. Uh, but their experience, their coaching, and just, just, just everything about this team, uh, I'm just very speechless. They're just that good. Yeah, they are a very good team, and we've talked about them a lot, like you said, in our, obviously, preseason polls. So uh, I don't think we need to give them much of an introduction. We kind of know who's on the squad by now. Obviously, losing Sydney Bay is the big loss for them for, the, for this offseason, but pretty much everything else is coming back for them. And uh, they're also bringing uh, Caleb Daniels from Tulane coming into this team. So uh, he, he's a very good scorer coming on. He's probably going to start for this team. So uh, – yeah, I mean, this team's just loaded, and I expect them to do some very good things this year, as does most of the country, and that's why they're a top three team ranked uh, for a reason. So, uh, yeah, Villanova definitely going to do some very good things like they have these past couple of years. I'm excited to see if they can maybe win a national championship because they definitely have the potential in the team to be able to do so. Yeah, and that would mark their, their third national championship in the past five tournaments, which, which will be an unbelievable mark for Coach Jay Wright. Yeah, and uh, I know we said this uh, a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago, actually. Jay Wright could have gone to the NBA, and he was talking to the 76ers. Maybe something could have worked out for them, but he wanted to come back for Villanova because this team is just going to be a very good one this year. And getting that third championship in five years, that's a very good resume. And uh, he definitely deserves to be that coach of Villanova. He's done some tremendous things in his time there already, and he's looking to do some, some more tremendous things for years to come. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's our that's our biggest preview. Next up is the Mountain West, which should be a lot different. Uh, this this conference a lot of similarities from us, and next conference I believe there will be a lot of differences. Yeah, I definitely agree with that statement. Uh, the top five or so teams are in the Mountain West, we don't know where we're gonna rank them, and it's a very top-heavy conference. Don't get me wrong. It is kind of along the mid-major lines, but we thought that we should bring them up to the high majors because this is one of the best mid-major conferences in all of college basketball. So they got the nod for us, and we decided to put them 
in our uh, uh, high major previews. So uh, definitely watch out for this Mountain West Conference this year. They're going to be a very explosive one with a lot of very good guys, uh, a lot of very good teams this year. So definitely watch out for this Mountain West. It's going to be a very good one for this upcoming season. Yeah, I'd still call them a high major conference. Obviously, if you have if you're a perennial multi multi bid conference, I would consider you a high major, with the exception of the West Coast Conference and Gonzaga. Yes, I would definitely agree with that statement as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of very good guys have gone in and out of this Mountain West program, and I'm excited to see who that guy might be this year. Player of the year, I have no idea who I'm thinking about right now. Gonna have to do a lot of research for this Mountain West Conference. But I'm excited to cover it. And uh, the Big East, it's kind of self-explanatory, unfortunately. But uh, they always bring in at least four or five guy bids every year. How many think they're going to bring in this year? I believe they're going to bring in at least three with the potential of two more, in my opinion. Yeah, I definitely agree with that as well. And with UConn coming in, maybe they could bring in plus one. And uh, it all depends on who's going to be pretty good this year. Because I think anywhere from one – all the way to maybe six or seven, uh, could definitely have a chance to make a bid. And uh, under that, I don't know, it's kind of a question mark, but you never know. It's college basketball. Anything's kind of possible for the Big East especially. Yeah, and the NBA draft, that's coming up too. I don't even know when that is. November, November 18th is the deadline. So, yeah, I mean, we don't, we, we're going to maybe try and get a special uh, mock draft in there, here and there. Obviously, we have more time for the actual start of the college basketball season than we do for the draft, and the draft definitely crept up on us. We're just too busy getting the conference previews out, and uh, the draft's actually in nine days, and uh, the college basketball season is in 16. So next episode, you might see a mock draft. You might not. Definitely going to have to stay tuned, and, uh, yeah, I'll definitely see what happens. Yeah. Uh, what, 16 days left until the college basketball season? Almost two weeks. I'm, I'm just so, so anxious, so excited. Uh, everything is, is, is going in my, through my body for this college basketball season. Yeah, I mean, the exhilaration is there. The excitement is definitely there. And uh, unfortunately, it does get dark now. So uh, you can't really experience the full college basketball experience because it is getting dark. But uh, don't get me wrong. We'll still be at pro- hopefully a couple games. We don't really know what's going on with the fans right now. But our goal is to get to at least uh, one or two games this year, uh, some way, somehow. And uh, we'll definitely see what happens. But uh, 16 days, like you said, definitely get excited. College basketball is coming back, and it's coming back in almost two weeks. So definitely stay tuned in those two weeks. Yeah, and here, uh, it's always March. That's our, that's our slogan. That's, that's what we live with. And, yeah, we're just excited for, for the season, but we're also excited for March. That's – that's why we're doing this, for the love of March Madness. Oh, yeah, baby. It's always March, baby. Yeah, and uh, to our listeners, thank you guys for all your support. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, uh, also TikTok. And, yeah, at whatever, show, please show your thing. It's right here. I don't know if you can see it very well, but it is at the RTM underscore podcast. And also we're streaming on uh, – Many different anchor, uh, many different platforms: Anchor, Apple, and Spotify, and maybe even Google now. I know you're talking about that, but I don't, I don't really know what's going on with that. But uh, yeah, Anchor's the place for, for all that stuff. But yeah, and this just in: Coach Tom Izzo of Michigan State has tested positive for COVID nineteen. 
Um, this just happened just just up to the minute just now. Uh, what what are your what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean it's a very bad time. Uh, obviously, with 16 days left, so uh, I think he has a quarantine for 10 days. Is that right? That is correct. So, so hopefully he'll be ready for the season. But uh, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty interesting breaking news right there. But uh, definitely leaving you on a cliffhanger for this episode. But uh, hey, it's always March. It is what it is. That's just Big Ten basketball for you. Yeah, and with that with that coronavirus spike uh, going back up here in the U.S., we encourage you to to stay home please social distance and stay safe. Um, But as always, it's always March, baby. It's always March, baby. Thank you guys for watching.